the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Jesus' disciples, the ministers of the church, tried to prevent the little children from coming to Jesus. And right there on the spot, Jesus would have none of it. Jesus affirmed the important truth that the church was made for children. Jesus knew that our children are kindergarten kids or kingdom kids in the big jungle. And he told his disciples, don't hinder them. Welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Pastor Michael Oxentenko will be here in just a moment with today's message. You know, here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, please call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is here now to take your prayer request. Today's Reaching Your Heart with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is entitled Kingdom Kids in the Big Jungle. That's Kingdom Kids in the Big Jungle. And here is our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentenko, with today's Reaching Your Heart. Let's pray. Dear Father God, we're grateful today for our children. We're a new church plant in this place. And we're grateful for the Hosanna Church, Lord, that's a new church plant in this place. We love them. We love each other. We love Jesus. And we ask to live for the Word and live for our children, to see Jesus come in our generation. In His name, amen. Marina Chapman was a British girl born in Colombia and only five years old when she was kidnapped by strangers in the night, an event that would forever alter her life. They stole her childhood away. They took her away. In anyone's book, she would have died from the trauma of her capture and release, but she didn't die. She was plunged into the jungle. But she did more than survive in this ordeal. She learned to live and thrive in the jungle. She was the Tarzaness of her generation. She was too young to know the full ramifications of what happened to her. She was too young to know why it happened to her, but she wasn't too young to know that it did happen to her. And as she realized with her childlike sense that you have to survive, she did. Evil men had kidnapped her, and when they were done with her, they'd let her go in the jungle. When you live in the jungle, you have to survive like the animals do, or you don't make it very long. Only the strong survive. And so she learned to survive. She watched the capuchin monkeys And she learned how they lived in the jungle, what they ate, where they slept, how they escaped danger. And so without really much speech ability, she lost all that as she learned to interact with the monkeys. She became the monkey girl. In time, these monkeys became her family and they accepted her with tender monkey kind of love in the jungle. She was only a child, but she was raised for a time by these monkeys. It's an amazing event. She lived without a language except the language of love that she learned in the association of these primates. When the hunters finally captured her, not friendly hunters, bad hunters, they dragged her into a brothel. They took her out of one jungle. They put her into another jungle and she was an abused child. At the age of 14, she was rescued by a kind family, and that kind family raised her, brought her back to society, inculcated her with principles of love and light and knowledge, and with the help of that family who loved her, all of her emotional baggage was dealt with. 
all of her pain and suffering was dealt with, and she emerged to be a beautiful young woman. She learned to love in the face of her fear. She overcame her fear. Now, at Vacation Bible School, I noticed these children really focusing on the notion that you can overcome your fear. How many of you are afraid of anything with Jesus? None of you. How many of you are fearless for Jesus? Raise your hand. Yeah, we have fearless young people here today. As she grew up, she married a scientist. And when the season was right, she decided, with the help of others, to pin her story down. In 2013, she published her autobiography. It was called The Girl with No Name. National Geographic made it into a documentary called Woman Raised by Monkeys, which aired in December 12 of 2013. Marina Chapman is a woman who was adopted by monkeys like Tarzan of the Apes, but she came back to be a normal person. And the good people of her own kind who threw love at her, who taught her the language of acceptance along with the love she got from the monkeys, made it possible for her to be a true person. In her autobiography, she described the importance of family in these words. She wrote, Family is not just about who you appear to belong to, or what it says on your birth certificate, or who you look like, or even what they find if they've studied your DNA. Family is found anywhere you are loved and cared for. She also wrote this, What an intense thing it is, this human need to be loved. It's one of the most profound things that makes social animals social. The girl with no name, that was the name of the book. That's who she was. She should have died in the jungle, but by the grace of God, she lived. You know, all of our kids have been born into the jungle. We live in a jungle, don't we? Our world is a crazy kind of place. The concrete jungle The devil's like a roaring lion seeking who he can destroy. And God has determined that the Christian church will be the place where our children can be saved from the jungle. Marina wrote these encouraging words for other children in their journey to overcome. She said this, Hold on, one day you're going to be a someone. Marina Chapman's life is a testament that every child called by grace, every child in our church, has been called to be saved from the jungle by the sanctuary of the church of Jesus Christ. Take your Bibles, open them with me to Matthew 19, verses 13 and 14. We're going to dwell on the words of Jesus in behalf of our children. The Bible reads, Then children were brought to him, that he may lay his hands on them and pray. Most likely mom and dad brought their children to Jesus that day. And Matthew is very careful to record what the disciples did. He goes on to say, the disciples rebuked the people. Too much children in church. Too much excitement in church. Calm down. No, no, no. Rebuke the people. Don't trouble the great teacher today. That's what they did. Now look at verse 14. But Jesus said, let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. I am so glad that that verse is in my Bible. You know, we've raised a whole generation of children here at Reaching Hearts, and now we have a new generation. But my children were part of that generation that was raised here. They used to play on the roof of that building back there. Kids, stay off the roof. But this building, there was a house here before this church was here. It was arsoned. Our church was built in the ashes of the destroyed past. This was the ministry center. They came to this property. They played ball and frisbee on this property. I mean, life was alive here. And these kids grew up. They're professionals now, and they're gone. I'm moving toward being a grandpa one day. But you know what? I want the children in the church because the church was made for children. 
So in this passage, Jesus' disciples, the ministers of the church, tried to prevent the little children from coming to Jesus. And right there on the spot, Jesus would have none of it. Jesus affirmed the important truth that the church was made for children. Jesus knew that our children are kindergarten kids or kingdom kids in the big jungle. And he told his disciples, don't hinder them. In the Greek, it says, don't forbid them, for the kingdom is made of children let the kingdom kids in the big jungle come to me because the kingdom of God is for little children. The church would be a far better place if we would spend less time on nonsense theology and more profound time ministering to our children and the children of this community. Before Israel entered the promised land, that adult generation, Moses' day, that was an evil generation, the Bible says, that was not faithful, a generation of unbelief in the book of Hebrews. They died in the wilderness, everyone but two. Joshua and Caleb, because they would not have the heart, the fearless heart of a child to believe the holy God and move forward. And so this was said, Deuteronomy 1 verse 35, but none of these men of this evil generation shall see the good land which I swore to give to your fathers, except Caleb the son of Jephunneh, he shall see it, and to him and to his children I will give the land upon which he has trodden because he has wholly followed the Lord. Now, Caleb's name in Hebrew, I mean, in the Hebrew text, we don't have the vowel pointing. It was added centuries later. It can be translated two ways. It can be translated dog, Kalev, or it can be translated the whole heart man, Kalev, Kal meaning all lave heart. It could go either way. And so it's up to the reader to figure it out. Now, no doubt his dad named him dog. Imagine that. I mean, you have a child... And you said, well, what a beautiful little baby boy he is. I'm going to name him Dog. I mean, what a heavy thing to carry through life, the dog boy, Kalev. But, you know, he got to know Moses. Moses was a man of God who knew his Bible, who knew God. Actually, he wrote the Bible, but he knew the Word of God because it came to him. And he decided that he would not let those vowel pointings stay that way. And so we learn in the storyline that Caleb is famous as the whole heart man. The same consonants in Hebrew mean the whole heart, the man of courage. And so Moses' name sticks in the Bible. Verse 37, the Lord was angry with me also. Moses is speaking on your account because you kind of prodded me to mess up is what he's saying. You also shall not go in there. He says, well, I'm not going in either. You're not going in because you're a generation of unbelief. I'm not going in because I lost my cool and temper at the door of the tent of meeting and I spoke rashly for God. But guess who's going in? Verse 38. Joshua, the son of Nun, who stands before you, he shall enter. Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. Now, Joshua is the Hebrew name for Jesus. Joshua was a foretype of Jesus. He was a pattern of the coming Christ. It's always a Jesus, a Joshua, who leads us to the promised land. The Aramaic name Jesus is Yeshua. And so Christ leads us in. Joshua was a type of that. Now, no doubt... Jesus, when he had the children in Matthew 19, 14, there around him, he had this passage in mind. And look what Moses said in verse 39 about the children that Joshua would lead into the promised land. Verse 39, Moreover, your little ones who you said would become a prey, and your children who this day have no knowledge of good or evil, shall go in there, and to them I will give it, and they shall possess it. Isn't that a great promise? How many of you want your children to be saved? Raise your hands. Look, you take that Bible verse, you underline it. 
God has promised us that He will save our children. But I want to be saved too. What about you? Let us purpose in our hearts that we will be Joshua's and Caleb's. We will not be part of an unbelieving generation. God would rather take a minority of faithful people and do great things with them than to have a big crowd of unbelievers that will never go to the promised land. How many of you want to be that faithful few that work for the many in the cause of God? I'm in that group. So when Jesus comes at the end of the age, there will be millions of children harvested from this planet who do not know good or evil. God is not going to destroy the children of the world at the second coming of Christ. Many of their parents who have an evil generation will be lost, but the children will be saved for if such belongs the kingdom of God. Imagine the day of the second coming. Christ in his glory appears in the darkness of the last hour of human history. The sky is split open like a scroll and the Son of Man descends. And Jesus is very clear. He says he will send his angels to gather his elect from the four corners of the earth. And friends, there are children who can be saved whose parents will not be saved. And angels will harvest the children of the world one at a time that can be saved, even if mom and dad cannot be saved. Now, friend, I want to be a dad that's savable, but God will save the children. I want to see the church alive here at Reaching Hearts and our church globally at the time of the end. I want to see the most disadvantaged children grow up in the church to become the most distinguished servants of God. I want to see youth ministries in this place that reach into this community with a youth army to save the children of this community. Jesus said, do not hinder them, but allow the children to come to me, for such belongs the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus gave two commands in Matthew 19, 14. Number one, do not hinder the children. Number two, Allow or permit the children to come to me. That's pretty basic. I want to focus on these two ideas as we come to obey the commands of Jesus in our family and in the church. Number one, Jesus said, do not hinder the children. Now, how do we hinder our children today? Let's give some thought and reflection to that. In so many ways, we can hinder the children. I have found in my own experience that we hinder the children by treating them like babies instead of people treating them like they can't understand the Word of God, talking down to them instead of talking to them as they really are intelligent, brilliant people. Our children are not ignorant human beings. They are smart little people that are smarter than adults in many ways. Not every way, but in many ways. The neuroplasticity of their child brains is optimized as a child to learn like geniuses. Our children have a chance at this early age to learn the Word of God, to learn skill sets and other things. They are geniuses at this age. In fact, any child, I learned this recently, I was YouTubing because I've been trying to tune my guitar, and I've wondered, why can't I remember the pitch? There are certain people that have perfect pitch. Any child can learn perfect pitch between the ages of two and four. Did you know that? It's the critical time of life. Any child can learn to have perfect pitch. When they learn music that is intricate and noble, the math centers of the mind develop, and so Einsteins are made. He was a violinist as a young age. He developed the math centers of the brain. He had some other things going for him. But without that music, he would have never made the great breakthroughs in science. A child can learn whole languages that are hard learned in life at an early age. 
Music, math, science, art, and creativity are learned in that great window of genius of an early child when children play and experiment in a garden of play that is safe without rigid kind of adult thinkers stymieing the genius in every child. Now, I remember at the old site, they had this big mud hole out there called the Stormwater Pond. I remember my sons and others in the church, they would go and at the end of the service, and maybe a little before the service, they would go and slop around in that mud pond on a Sabbath. Did you hear me? On a Sabbath. Pastor Michael Oxenteco will be back in just a moment. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-funded program. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. Call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now, once again, Pastor Michael Oxentenko. And then you'd have to clean them off before they came into the church. Now, we want our church clean. I let them do it. Now, we got to watch it. But they had a lot of fun at church. Isn't it great having fun at church? Now, we want to respect our church building. What harm were they doing waiting in the little water there that day? I don't know. I didn't see it. Maybe I'm a lenient parent in some ways. My kids are still in the church. See? So we've got to think things differently. Jesus knew this when he rebuked his disciples for hindering the children. We can hinder the children by discouraging them. He knew that children can learn the Bible. And so when we teach our children nonsense instead of the Bible, don't be surprised if your children grow up to be shallow adults. The Bible is the pathway to genius for your children. You can't elevate their IQ higher than through the instruction of the Bible. Our children should learn to memorize the Holy Scriptures. Our children should learn to memorize the Bible. They should also learn the apostolic gospel at an early age. They should be introduced to the spirit of prophecy early in the church. They should learn the deep truths of Daniel and Revelation in the church. Now, I know that Bible studies include a study of the books of Daniel and Revelation as a youth pastor. And in the home, they should learn this. And there should be gatherings where children are exposed to evangelistic activity. Now, here's what doesn't help. Here's what hinders. Rock and roll concerts will not save our children. Christian rock and roll concerts will not save our children. Music fests that play on shallow feelings will not transform the character of our children. Now, we saw joyful music up here today, didn't we? How many of you kids like singing? Raise your hands. I like you singing too. That's the kind of thing that's wholesome and healthy. Cheap thrill movies and entertainment will not bring the deep things of God into our children. The Bible is God's holy word is the food that should feed our children. So we adults in the church should major in the things that matter and reject the things that harm our children, but not be stiff, perfectionistic, kind of stuck-in-the-rut kind of people so our kids cannot have fun in the church. Jesus said, don't hinder the children. Now, here's some things that hinder the children. Getting to church late hinders the children. 
So, oh, Pastor Mike, yeah. Mm-hmm. Getting to church late hinders the children from coming to the kingdom of God. We have Bible instruction waiting for children every Sabbath morning. Teachers invest a lot of time to prepare the Word of God for your children. Get them here on time. Don't hinder them by being late. When you get to church late, you're hindering your children from experiencing the spirit-filled material that will grow their characters and their intellect. We hinder our children by letting them have access to media madness. Those iPhones, they can live on them, can't they? To set those aside and allow a child to be a child. Computers and television, media being just thrown at our children without discrimination. I remember when my young son, Donald, was growing up. They snuck into the television, got into all these old shows from the 60s and whatever. And suddenly I realized that they knew all the shows that I knew as a kid. I said, Dad, did you watch this episode of that, so on, and the like? So I got rid of the television. I watched the computer. And I sat down with my children one day and I said, Sons, we have to make a very important decision here. I don't think we can realistically keep all the media out of our life, but we better choose the good stuff and forget the bad. Here's the promise I will make you. I will take you camping one week every quarter of the year, every season, at least for an entire week. And I will go fishing with you one day a week if we can set aside all the movies and all the other stuff and keep it out of our house. They said, Dad, it's a deal. And so we camped in the winter of all things, not just the spring. I remember it being like zero degrees in a pup tent against the cold and just freezing to death. And I said, boys, you want to go home? No, Dad, we're having the time of our life. I said, don't really go home this time. No, Dad. We climbed rocks. We fished. We caught monsters and little fish too. I fell in more than not. And when they got to be old, they still do this. Boy, I tell you, I wish I could have my little kids back. You know? Anyway, every child grows up, don't they? Jesus said, don't hinder the children. Don't hinder the children. Our children need good books and arts and crafts, the outdoors, skill set. We call it pathfinders and adventures. Fishing, the like, noble work. Working in the church, being part of the society of taking care of the church, society. Learning to be entrepreneurs in the church. Business enterprises where they're taught in the church. We hinder the children by failing to have consistent Sabbath youth activities for them in the church. Now, I have a home on Sabbath. How many of you have a home that you can go to on Sabbath? Do you realize there are children around us who have no place they can go for a Sabbath atmosphere but here? And so the church must be that island of safety for children and youth who need a place to bond to God's people. The church is that island of safety. Many of us need to linger here at church and have hikes and the like activities for our children and youth. Our children are social creatures. And the church is the place where their needs should be met, filled with joy, training, where risks can occur, where they can mess up in the church and be okay in the church, where grace can be found in the church. I found in my family that when we made the church our first business, our two sons respected us and loved us the more because of it. We included our children in all of our Bible studies. We could. If I had a Bible study gathering in my home, I had my kids there. I would open Daniel, open Revelation. I'd say, John Michael, get your Bible out. Donald, get your Bible out. And they would read along and the like. And I never had Bible studies with my kids. They just went through hundreds of Bible studies at Dad's house. 
So I got a call this last week from my youngest son. He said, Dad, I need help. I'm doing a Bible study. I said, on what? Predestination. I don't believe in it the way this person does. They're a good Christian. Then he said, you know, Dad, they don't drink and I don't drink. And we're the only two in this whole group that don't drink because we're Christians. But I need to know how to answer his wrong views of predestination. So I had an hour and a half in the Bible with my son. I wrote out the study, put the Hebrew there, photocopied it, and texted it to him. And he sent me back the word, awesome, Dad. Boy, that made my month. Yesterday, I was on the phone, my older son. I was kind of fishing, you know, to see what he was doing. I said, how's it going in church, son? He said, well, Dad, you're fishing here a little bit, but I'll tell you. We have a troubled family we're working with. That troubled family just lost all of their kids, and we're going to bring them into our association. Make me feel good. My children sat through hundreds of Bible studies with Diana and me, and they're in the church. My children made their mistakes in the church. They were forgiven in the church. The church was a safe place for them. The Reaching Hearts Church was safe. there for the first portion of Kingdom Kids in the Big Jungle. That's Kingdom Kids in the Big Jungle. Remember, if you miss any portion of this message, it's available for you at reachingyourheart.com. Are you fascinated by the prophecies of Revelation? Have you wished that you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's last altar call is just the book you need. Mark Finley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy. It's yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for listening. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. 855-888-4673 is the telephone number to call. 855-888-4673. 855-888-4673. Or reachingyourheart.com. Thanks for listening today. And as always, we do pray that God is reaching your heart.